Dear Shooter, Finding the right training can be a daunting task. How do you know what the right curriculum is for you? I mean, what are your goals? How do you vet your instructor? There seems to be one on every street corner these days. Here are some tips to help you navigate the landscape. Just checking because I'm like getting the stink eye here. Go do your thing. But get good at your craft first and put your budget to things that really matter at the end of the day. You want to get good at it. And make no mistake about it, that's training. Let's face it. If you have a size 62 waist, you are not as tactical as 5'11 might think you are. <laughs> and we've all seen it. <laughs> Welcome to the Deer Shooter Podcast. I am your host, Jason Grotto. Deer Shooter is brought to you by WyoTac, Empowerment Through Self-Reliance, and Lucid Optics, on target, under budget. Good Thursday morning, and today we are talking about training and what it, what you're looking for when you first start looking. Uh, this kind of got brought up because this is the 20th year for intuitive defensive shooting, and it's gone through several evolutions over the years, uh, but we wanted to kind of help celebrate it and and talk about what you should be looking for when you go out looking for training. So is this like a pseudo birthday for Rob Pickus? Actually, I believe uh, Sunday was Rob's birthday. So happy birthday, Rob. Outstanding. So I, the three of us, I mean, we, we've been through an awful lot of training. I think if you compiled all of our hours, it would be in the, you know, four digits um, as far as hours are concerned. So we have a pretty good idea on what to look for when we look for training. Well, it's kind of an unfair statement, too, in a lot of ways, because, I mean, everybody that sits here at this bar trains in some capacity or another these days. Right. Uh, whatever discipline you've got, we've got something that can probably fit into that for the most part. Um, starting out, though, finding training is not exactly easy because you don't know what you don't know. Right, right. You, you know that... I've got a brand new gun, and I'd like to know how to use it better. But that's all you really know at that point. Right. Or you may, you know, yeah, you, you, you just bought that brand new Glock, and, and you want to know, okay, how do I really, truly use this to protect myself? But like Brandy said, you know, it, it seems like there's a, an instructor on every corner. And, and how do you weed out the wheat from the chaff? <clears throat> hmm. It's a great question. So the quality of instruction or the topic thereof, because not every instructor can do every discipline. No. And from a quality standpoint, they've got to be able to communicate extremely well. They have to be organized to put a curriculum together so they can stay on track. Mm-hmm. Um, but I look for... Experience. Somebody has been there, done that, um, and has trained more than just me, right? Right. And I'm going to go ahead and say it out loud, and I'm probably going to make a bunch of waves, but simply having military service does not qualify you as a firearms instructor. Well, I agreed. I, you know, 
all due respect to those guys that have gone over there, been there, done that. But you may be the 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 absolute best ninja Navy SEAL, whatever you may be. And no discredit to that, but that doesn't translate in the ability to teach someone. Agreed. And that you and I have, have talked about that several times, how teaching is a separate skill set than just shooting or firearms or, you know, jumping out of helicopters, whatever it may be. Teaching is its own discipline. Absolutely. So first thing I look for, and I'm vetting a new instructor, um, I want to know that, that they've taught before, right? Um, I prefer to see some level of credentials in the topic that they've done, that they've been instructor developed from somebody else. Right. That maybe have a, a, a program that is well-developed, well-thought-out, that has multiple levels to it. Um, and you know, ask them the details. Tell them to tell you a story. You'll find out real quick whether they're bullshitting you or if they've done this before. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, training's not cheap. No. And with a bunch of folks out there saying, hey, I'm a trainer, um, you got to get the best bang for your buck and at least an honest training session. Right. And I, I'm with you on that. I, I, I want to look for somebody who has been doing it for a while. Um, and, you know, not necessarily the guy that, that, that's been an instructor for 20 years, but somebody that's got some miles under their belt has, you know, can produce, hey, you know, I've, I've taught 200, 500, 1,000 students over the last, you know, four, five, six, eight years. So they've got that teaching experience. They have seen students do some really weird stuff because we've all seen it. Um, students surprise us a lot. We learn a lot from them. But I'm also looking for the instructor that is willing to evolve with the times, with the evolving threats in the world. If I ask an instructor, you know, hey, wh- what have you changed your mind about? And they give you the blank stare and go, what do you mean? I've been teaching this for 20 years. I'm probably going to stray away from that instructor because it it seems to me that they're not evolving. They're not paying attention to what's going on in the world to teach me new stuff and evolving techniques. Now. I would say that that's a red flag for sure. However, you might catch them off guard with that conversation, and they might not know how to answer it right out of the gate. But if you've been an instructor for more than a nanosecond, somebody in class has made you rethink your ideology. I don't know if it would make them pause at all. If you've been doing education, you've been keeping up on your education personally as an instructor from other instructors, you'd be able to list, well, last year I trained this with this person I trained that with that person and this is what I learned there and that's how I've changed my curriculum I don't think it would be a pause moment if it's a pause moment you did take them off guard and they don't do continuing education they're they're trying to read in too much to the, to the question though what I'm talking about when you catch them off guard uh, and then you will catch a seasoned instructor off guard with a question that's evolved as that one is when he's just talking to you casually about training you know he's having that initial conversation and now you smack him in the teeth with an ego, potentially crushing question. Potentially, or are we just checking common core? Are all the students so common core they don't know to ask the question? There's a lot of them that are, yes. Yes. Absolutely, yes. And I, and I, think, I, I think it's going to be somewhere in the middle. I, 
I agree with Brandy that it's not if you a seasoned instructor that's seen a lot of stuff that has made changes and evolved their curriculum, you're not going to catch them off guard with that question because they they are they have evolved and they they have to sit there and think about it and what have I really changed that's profound? But it's not going to be a oh, I've never been asked that before type of thing. My guess is they've never been asked that before. To me, that's odd because. I, I get asked that a lot. I think a lot of students don't know the questions to ask. They 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 run out and they've bought a new gun and they've went and plinked uh, at the range or in the hills somewhere, and they recognize that they're not as proficient as they thought they were with it. Mm-hmm. And so they come home and somebody suggests at a deck party somewhere, you, you know, you ought to take a class. So now they're on the hunt for or an instructor. So they go down to their local gun shop and see what's on the bulletin board. And they call the first guy they come to, and hey, you got a class coming up. I need to, you know, learn how to shoot my pistol a little bit better. Now it's on the instructor to guide. They've done their due diligence as far as they can know, because if you know you hung a flyer up at the gun shop, by God, you must be qualified, right? Yeah. So I can go to the state and open Brandy's Training LLC, and the state goes, "Give me my money. Here you go." Nobody cares if you're accredited or not. Or not. Are you able to teach it? But how's the flyer look? Oh, it's beautiful. See, that's what I'm talking about. Rainbows that's as and far bunnies. As the people that are looking for training get. They don't ask these well-developed questions. And I want you to, listeners out there, pay attention because we are giving you the keys to the kingdom here. Ask the questions. Get involved. Um, another one for me is when I show up to the said class, right? If part of the safety brief doesn't cover medical and where the trauma kit is, get back in your car and go home. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Um, one of the things I'm always going to ask is, uh, you know, what what kind of certifications do you have? Who have you trained with? Um, you know, and this this all goes back to again, you know, IDS, which was formerly Combat Focused Shooting. The, the name was changed a few years ago to more appropriately call it what it is. Um, it, it's a national, actually, it's an international program. Uh, that We have instructors in Europe. We have instructors in Mexico that are teaching this program. It's accredited. You can present this certification, and it does count towards whatever accreditation that you need that's something i'm going to ask i'm going to ask the instructors how far does your certification go where what doors does it open for me especially if you're law enforcement also what about okay so you have these credentials you got them 12 years ago whatever whatever so you've had them for a long time what's the top three instructors you've trained with in the last five years uh, you want a list well, continuing well, education is the point. Have you done anything to learn since? Yes, absolutely. Um, as as an instructor, I try to take at least two to three classes a year as a student, even if I'm not learning anything new as far as my shooting ability. I'm seeing how a how a different instructor presents the information. I'm learning how to teach better. Uh, I've taken several straight-up instructor development courses where you're not learning a particular curriculum to teach. You're learning how to teach. 
which is a whole different skill set, like, like we said earlier. Well, with your IDS, they have an annual thing you go to every year for updates, mm-hmm. and you're with a new set of students, and you mentor them as well as learn the changes of the program. Right, and we do that, we do that every year. I, I make the annual pilgrimage to Reno um, every December, usually through some kind of wicked winter storm. Um, but I get there, and I spend, you know, three, four days there. I'm with other instructors. I'm with other, you know, new students that are in the instructor development side of that. And, and the rule with IDS is that whatever was taught at the last instructor development course, that is the new curriculum, and it evolves every year. As curriculum should, but from a new shooter's perspective. I'm going to, like I said, go to my gun store, find a flyer on the wall, and it's NRA Basic Pistol. Um, call this guy up, and he has a class next Saturday. It's going to cost me 35 bucks. Right. I'm in. Right? That's going to be really cheap. But the quality of instruction that I'm going to get is really rudimentary, and it's going to be Basic Pistol. Then, yeah, research what NRA Basic Pistol is. Right. It's not hard to find. But if you expect to go into this course and come out of it in a full day knowing how to move and shoot and use cover, that's a different course. It is. But you've got to get baby steps first. You've got to understand you know, how to do a malfunction clear, mm-hmm. how to reload the firearm safely how to use your sights to align them to actually hit the target. That's basic pistol. Right. And let's, let's back up a little bit. Um, when you, Especially those that are looking for their first course, and we're talking here about non-mandatory. Uh, there's a lot of states that require mandatory training to get your concealed carry. I don't, they are very, very basic. And... I don't think most of them really teach you what you need to know as far as the way the world works and how to truly use your firearm in a defensive manner. Now, when you're looking for training outside of anything that's mandatory, what you've got to look at, and we, we talk about this all the time, especially with, with people buying gear, and what are you doing with it? What is your primary goal? What do you want to learn? Do you want to learn defense? Do you want to learn marksmanship? Do you want to learn how to go compete? Because those are all different skill sets and are going to require a different level of instruction. And I led you into that conversation because as a new shooter, if I ask the questions of, I I, I don't know what I need to know, but I, I know I need some instruction, so help me, right? Now I put the responsibility on the instructor to ask the question mm-hmm. of me, of where I'm at my own education level, what I'm expecting to learn, what I want, to, where I want to go ultimately, because then a quality instructor will design a curriculum series for me. He's going to say, well, you need my basic pistol first, and then you need my intuitive shooting section next, mm-hmm. and then you need, and then you need... But a lot of a lot of instructors today are just basic pistols. So if they don't offer they don't offer those choices to you when you talk to them, maybe that is the extent of their ability to train. 
great information to know. But that doesn't mean that it's a bad class. It's a good place to start. It just means you need to find another instructor to go further. And a lot of those NRA basic pistol instructors know someone who's accredited higher than them that they can help you find it. But as a quality instructor, they're going to lead you down that path. And they're going to be honest. They're saying, well, I really handle just basic pistol. If you're going to advance to your goal, you're going to need to get with, and they'll, they'll give you a name, right? That's a quality instructor. He's going to be about developing the student rather than lining his pocket. Well, one of the things that I've said for years and years and years is there are two types of instructors. There is a look at this or look at me. And the difference is the look at this instructor is going to give you training opportunities and put things in front of you so that you can develop yourself versus the trainer that's going to get up and show you what a badass he is. And the entire instruction day is going to be watching your instructor show off. I want to train with the former. And then I would agree with that from an education standpoint. I would also say there's a balance to be struck there. Because if my instructor expects me to hear a drill and perform it and not see it done, we're going to be handcuffed from the day we start. The instructor should be able to develop and show me the drill he's asking me to do. Agreed. And I I baited you into that. (laughs) And because this this has been an ongoing debate for several years now, if you, if you get on social media and you start following a lot of these instructors, especially the high-profile ones, there, there's been an ongoing debate for a few years about how much and what to demonstrate for students. And there seems to be two camps. On the one side, it's you need to demo everything to prove to the student that you can do it. On the other side, it's, look, you're not here to show the student how well you can shoot. You're here to teach the student, and it's about them. I fall somewhere in the middle, and I say, demo what you need to demo, but don't waste the student's time showing off. And I I would agree with falling in the middle. Um, As a martial arts instructor for years and years and years, your students don't have any confidence in what you're showing them unless they see it can be done. Mm -hmm. So you have to demo to a confidence level on the instruction base, right? Now, there does cross a line where it's just, hey, look at me. Watch mm-hmm. yeah. me do this. When you when you do something like that, though, you're not going to run your fastest time and do your best marksmanship because you're just lowering the confidence of your new shooters going, oh, man, I can't do that. Well, okay. They need a goal to aspire to as well, though. They do, but there is a fine line between ruining their confidence and showing them what they need to do. But if you if you have a perception that... Well, the instructor can't even do it. Why am I learning from him? That erodes the confidence in everything we do next. Well, and there's also, oh, my God, I can't do I can't do that. I don't know why I'm here. I'm going to leave at lunch. I, I don't belong here. So, again, fine line. Okay. So let me put this out there for the instructor level. So there's, there's, some, there's some tricks to this. When you demo... Uh, typically, I will not shoot at a target. I'll shoot between. There's two reasons for that. Number one, if I miss, 
and then I have to go through that whole rigmarole of, hey, did anybody see what I did that I screwed that up? Or if I do it absolutely flawlessly, now I've intimidated the student. By shooting between the targets, just shooting at the berm, the other thing that I accomplish is because if I'm shooting at a target, then all the students are focused on is where my hits landed. They're not looking at what I need them to look at to demonstrate what I'm doing. I need them looking at what I'm doing, not where I'm hitting. But what you're doing develops where you hit. They're all linked. Agreed. You don't get away from it. Agreed. And if you run fast and do that flawlessly, but you can't hit the paper, why am I learning from you? Well, there is a time, and I've seen it in several of his classes, where the student goes, right, like you can even do it. Then he'll do it. He has he to do at it. That point. He'll do it, and he'll do it correctly, and then that's how you fix that situation. Here's the other part of that. Always use the student's gun. Agreed. But you, you have to fix that erosion to confidence on a public scale you do. in a class. You, the, the, you, when you get called out like that, you have to do it. Agreed. I've seen you at your classes. You don't sit down and show them everything either. I do not. Until someone calls you out. That's right. And then you sit down, and then I see them all wide-eyed and freaked out the rest of the day. So, I mean, fine line. It is. But they have to know that they're spending money in a situation and learning from somebody that has a way to teach them something. Because if they come into the class and they don't feel like they're getting their money's worth, they're not going to be your PR that you need when they leave. Because training is a lot of word of mouth. Agreed. And, and that's why I say demo what you need to. Sometimes that demo is, hey, you need to see this because my, my verbal explanation isn't getting across. Sometimes you're exactly right. It's a, you need to see me do this to prove to you that this is why you're here. And as instructors, our job's to communicate. So if our, my verbal point's not getting across, you have to show it another way. Well, and you, you and I have had the discussion. There's a reason we don't play the games that we give to our students. Oh, absolutely. <clears throat> and last year, we had a prime example of that, one of my long-range courses. Um, we ran through the day, and, and folks were struggling. We had some environmentals that were challenging. And we get to the part of the day where it is, you know, the best five-shot group at 100 yards. Mm -hmm. So this is doing nothing more than showing competent mechanics and understanding of what they're doing behind the rifle. And you can do a lot of work at 100 yards, right? And we were seeing groups that were in the neighborhood of two inches. Um, not stellar groups. Um, don't know exactly what all the issues were, but there were several. And the comment was, well, all right, hotshot, what can you do? And I said, I don't play this game on purpose. And we let it go. And then when the class was over, a couple of them pulled me aside and challenged me to a shoot-off just for grins. Mm -hmm. And when we got done, they had to drive into the Ranger and, and around to the 100-yard target to take a look at the backer to make sure that that single hole I generated in paper actually had multiples in it. Right. So I don't play that game to show anybody up or beat anybody down, but they need to know that I am teaching for a reason. It's because I've done this before. Right. No, I totally agree. And and I've done that in pistol classes. Uh, a student will 
claim their sights are off or something's not right or you know and i'm i'm sitting there telling them you're slapping the trigger you're flinching at the recoil you're doing this you're doing that i am not give me your gun and put a single hole headshot at 20 yards no it's you always do with their firearm Mm -hmm. and i think that's an important distinction too because if you if, if you pull out your firearm and you do it then it's well you've got the gucci gear then they then they have that excuse. Take every excuse that you can away from the student. I'd like to add in part of on topic with your instructors. Just because I have boobs and blue eyes does not mean I do not know what I'm talking about. We call you the humbler for a reason. And it's it's real. We've more than once, more than a hundred times. It bothers me at both of your classes when I'm assisting that I'll be helping someone. They will not listen to me. I bring you over. You say the same exact thing I did, and all of a sudden you're a god, and I'm still just dumb. Yeah, guys, stop it. Yeah, um, set the ego aside of that whole camp because as an instructor, having a couple thousand people through the bench over the years, I would rather have a woman sit there and learn and go through the class because she comes to it aware that she does not know what she does not know and she listens and she puts the mechanics together and she has a great day all the other men in the room they come to it with an ego they've been shooting for 20 years and for whatever whatever they can't listen until they get humbled a little bit and realize that maybe there's something to what we're talking about but those are other female students i'm talking about the instructors now i do really well if it's an all-female class They will listen to me. They respect me. It's when I have a class of males. And because I'm a girl, and come on, we've gotten past that. Girls can do it too, all right? This is true. They usually do it better. And we actually had an example of that last year. We were running concurrent classes. I was doing a carbine class while you were running a long range. We were were on on, uh, ranges right next to each other. And... You were at a point in the day you were you were challenging your students to a 500 yard uh, know your limits target. That's right. Um, at 500 yards, I think the large target was four inches. The small target was two inches, and your class was struggling with six five Creedmoors. I sat my carbine student down without match ammunition. You know, 55 grain ball training ammo, and first round hits. At 500 yards with her carbine, your students were all confused because they couldn't figure out where the hits were coming from. They were all arguing that that was their hit until I had them open the bolts and it happened again. So, yeah, no, it, they got complacent in their activities throughout the back end of the day, and it was trigger time. It wasn't learning anymore. And when it becomes planking... The precision goes out the window. Right. Well, so when you were having that class, I went over there. I laid down with my rifle. I shot through it, stood back up, packed up my rifle, and walked away. And all of a sudden, it sounded like nom. Mm -hmm. Okay, so I guess if there's lead in the air, there's a chance. Well, and when you packed up and walked away, all I did is tell all those men that were in my class, I said, gentlemen, that's how it's done. Well, and, and... I'll 
I'll put this point out there. My carbine student was a female. That's right. And it was her first day ever shooting an AR. But she listened to your instruction. She took direction. And she removed the ego from the conversation. Mm -hmm. She just sat down and did the work. Yeah, exactly right. So once you get to the point where you've identified your instructor for the discipline that you're looking at, go to that class with an open mind. Right? Don't be afraid to ask questions. Don't be afraid to challenge the instructor a little bit because if you don't understand it, obviously he's either not explaining it well or he doesn't understand it, which is a red flag for future evolutions. Well, 50% of your training is asking the questions because the instructor does not know what you want to know. Well, that's right. What I'm talking about is taking responsibility for your education piece. Um. Way back in the day, one of my training courses early, early on was an early morning course. And I had an instructor. He always came in with a cup of hot coffee and lectured for a couple hours before he went and did. And this morning, he was talking about taking responsibility for the education. How he can say it all day long. He can show it. But if you don't take the responsibility to learn it, this class will be wasted. And he jumps up onto the table uh, next to me and he says, this cup that holds his coffee was, not, was, was him. The hot liquid inside was knowledge. Stop me when you're ready. And he starts to pour this cup over my neighbor's head. And before liquid actually came out of the cup, he said, give me the cup. The student took responsibility for taking the knowledge. It's an important thing to see um, a student's evolution into, though, because they will actually grow if they take the responsibility for the information. The instructor can do it all day long, but if you don't really come with an open mind to absorb it, you've just wasted your money. Well, our class is one of the first things we talk about, and this is usually in the first 30 minutes of class. We talk about instructor and student responsibilities and how that all works, and we talk about, we, we put it in the form, and, and this comes directly from intuitive defensive shooting. Um, we talk about competence and and this is about, or excuse me, comfort. This is the comfort portion of it, and it's a shared responsibility. And I always talk about, you know, it's my responsibility as the instructor to give you learning opportunities and explain things to you. But as the student, it's your responsibility to ask questions if you don't understand or if you want something more in-depth. Um, those that show up to class and just go through the motions, I always I always jokingly tell them, you know, it's like a night of bad sex. Now, now that goes over a lot better in women's classes because men just, it kind of goes over their head. They don't get it. But the, the point is exactly what you're saying. You've got to take responsibility because I'm going to give you a cup and I'm going to fill it two-thirds, three-quarters of the way full. If you want it all the way full, you need to be engaged and be active in that class. That's exactly right. That's exactly what I'm talking about. So, as you start out looking for education opportunities, ask the people you know. Most likely they've taken a class with somebody. And the student's perspective is a valuable thing. Then contact that instructor and find out a little bit about them. Find out what their schedule's like, what their availability's like. And don't do it a bunch. Don't be that needy student. But... Now you've got it from both sides of the coin. Somebody has taken his class, 
and the instructor. If you really want the education, go try that class out. If you really gelled and you felt like you got a lot out of it, find out what else that instructor is going to offer. If it was a stale class and you don't feel like you got much out of it, find another instructor. They're available. I'm saying take from several instructors. Anyway, you get to a point where you've taken all the classes from one instructor. Let's say he's a great instructor. You think you have it figured out, but here's the thing. There are other instructors out there, and they can both be IDS instructors. They teach differently, and they might show you different things that may work better for you. Always take from several instructors. That's exactly where I was going with that. Um, I've taken similar classes from different instructors, and just their teaching method and their personal curriculum um, while it may have been the presentation of, of relatively the same information, the way the different instructors did it, I absorbed more or I learned a better way to instruct my students. So taking classes from different instructors is, it, is highly encouraged. And, and I say this as an instructor. Yeah, I want everybody to come and take all of my classes. I do. But that doesn't mean that you're not going to gain something more from a different instructor and and maybe it's just a different perspective maybe it's just a different way a different teaching style that maybe a point sticks with you from them that didn't stick with me we're all a little bit different and a lot of this information it's not new it's not revolutionary it's not proprietary but just a different way of being presented may be better for you the way you learn that's a very fair statement. We One of the things that we do a lot in instructor development courses, we talk about, it's called Gagne's learning uh, models. Adult learning models differ. Um, you have readers. You have uh, visual people that need to see it done. You have the people that need to just do it to figure it out for themselves. There's a lot of different things, and, and as instructors, we need to be able to teach on several different levels to, to reach every one of those students is in class because we're not all going to have, you know, eight students. They're not all going to learn the same. How often do you come into a class with somebody that tells you, I'm this type of learner? Probably one in five. Okay. Um, I, I, I do have classes where a student will come and go, you know, hey, I, I learn best by doing or, you know, hey, I, I need to see it. Okay, cool. I know I'm going to be demoing a lot that class, and that's fine. Um, it, it is, it's helpful when, when a student will, will approach you and tell you what kind of a learner you are. Now, the caveat to that is if you approach an instructor and go, hey, this is the best way I learn, and they're like, well, I teach this way. Red flag. Right. You might want to rethink that, that instructor. A good instructor will take the time to learn how his students are absorbing the information and adjust on an individual basis. Now, if there are several different types in the room, that's going to take some time out of the day. It just is. But everybody's going to get the best experience they possibly can out of the class. And that's part of being an instructor. You have to be able to identify which students you have in the room. Mm -hmm. Well, and, and you you have to develop a curriculum that caters to as many learning types as possible. 
And if you're not doing that, then you're not really paying attention. To, you, you're not developing a curriculum for your student. You're developing a curriculum for you to teach. Well, you become a one-horse show at that point. Right. You know, it's, it's, it's only as valuable as that one person that learns your way. you got to watch for that because I think, that, I think there's a lot of that out there. And that, to me, falls into the look-at-me category of instructor because they're teaching a curriculum that they're comfortable with. Uh, they're not teaching to the student. The curriculums that I develop for WyoTAC, I use what we call block instruction because that allows me to pull different pieces and parts of a curriculum based on the students that I have in class. Just remember, any instructor that says, this is the way, this is the only way, you will do it my way or you will do it wrong, is not an instructor. Well, to a certain extent. No. So I don't, I don't disagree with that. From an, from an instructor point of view, when I'm developing a curriculum, there might be 10 different ways to do something. I'm going to teach you the way that I think is best because I don't want to burden you with 10 different options when you're under pressure. Small detail correction. You're going to teach them the way that you were taught and you understand how to convey it initially. However, then you're going to see a guy that's six foot four in class all the way down to a woman that's five foot one in class. Mm-hmm. They're going to handle and do it differently. If you say your way is the only way, you're messing up because everybody has to take the information you're giving them and adapt it to what they can actually do and produce to get the skill set done. Each individual body style, shape, size of hand, size of pistol choice, it's all different. I don't, I don't disagree, but I'm, and I'm talking about gross skills here. I'm just talking about the method of instruction. There's no way no. A, a quality instructor is going to say, this is the only way to do it. Right. And, I, and, and I'm not, I don't disagree with that. But when I develop a curriculum, I'm developing that curriculum of what is going to be the best way across the, the, the broadest spectrum of circumstances to accomplish your goal. Um, and that's what I'm going to teach. I'm not going to burden you with, here's five different ways to do this. Figure out which one works best for you. No, you're not. But you're also going to be let that situation be fluid in class. Yes. Well, that's where the student speaks up and goes, okay, well, I understand what you're saying, and I tried it your way, but this is how I do it, and it seems to be working better for me. Then you go and you watch what they're doing. And if there's not anything really substantially wrong with what they're doing, it works better for them. My NRA basic was four hours of lecture and about 10 minutes on the range. So if you're not a death by PowerPoint kind of gal, it's rough. Well, and, and, and your time on the range was, what, 10 rounds into a paper plate at 10 yards? Was it even 10 yards? I'm pretty sure I could have threw my gun at it. I'm just, yeah, it wasn't a big deal. So you expected more out of your first pistol class? I, I actually did. Because, I mean, a 10-inch paper plate, I just had to stay on the paper plate. And, shoot, some of the people were passing just by keeping it on the backboard. They didn't necessarily have to hit the plate. They hit the backboard. Well, and I'll, I'll be honest. I took my NRA pistol way back when I was a teenager. And in those times, the curriculum was way different. You had two hours worth of lecture, and you had two hours worth of live fire. And you had two hours worth of after-action reports, so you understood what just happened. 
today, I understand that, well, I don't, I don't understand. I went and took another NRA basic pistol course a couple of years ago. And dang, if the whole thing wasn't in the classroom and we didn't fire one shot. Oh, you can take it online now. Saying that doesn't work for a physical capabilities of handling. So over the years, that class has not done itself a good service. I'm excited to see IDS become more popular because that's a proficiencies class. It is. And and one of the things that, you know, we've talked about this in other podcasts, too, about how it, I, I don't believe in courses that don't require live fire because as an instructor, I need to be able to, if you ever have to use these skills to save your life and I end up getting called to the stand in your trial, I want to be able to walk onto that stand and go, yes, I've seen this person on the range. They demonstrated competence. They demonstrated safe handling. They know what they're doing. They're, they're level-headed. They, they understand. Um, a lot of these, a lot, there's, there's courses out there that they don't require live fire, which to me doesn't make sense for someone that's wanting to learn how to shoot. Agreed completely. You're looking for an instructor on a specific curriculum, um, whether it's I'm a super new and I, I need some, some guidance, or I need to learn how to shoot from egressing out of a vehicle um, to save my life. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, that is an extreme polar difference between the two. Um, those instructors aren't always the same person either. No. So make sure you, you, you're looking at the skill sets you want and are looking for an instructor that, can convey that in a professional manner. Well, look and look for an instructor that's part of a network. Um, it, I, I come across a lot of instructors that are very um, kind of closed off. Uh, they don't they they don't want to be friendly or communicate with other instructors because they feel like, well, that's my competition, um, and I and I don't want to risk my students to that competition, uh, but. It, I think an instructor that's really worth their salt is going to be part of a network and have a lot of instructor friends. And their ego isn't in there. No, an ego is a thing. you got to be careful with it because when an instructor drips of ego, um, it may be well-earned, but most of the time it is for show. It is. And that's... kind of coming back to this like i want an instructor that's going to go okay you know i i will teach you this this and this but if you want this hey i've got an instructor for you i've, I've got a friend of mine that teaches this and is very high level at it i, I l- let me just throw out an example okay i teach ids i know a lot of, uh, of of the ids instructors that are active i think there's like 60 or 70 of us at this point um which also that's another thing, and I'll get to that in a second. Um, hey, you come to me. Hey, I want to learn knife defense. Cool. I've got a guy in California. You get We get some, some five, six, eight guys together. I'll bring him up here, and he'll teach us knife defense. And I'll take that class with you because he's good. And I want to, I want to go through that again, and I want to learn more and hone my skills. Those are the instructors I want to learn from because they have friends it becomes a network. It becomes a community. They feed off of each other. They bounce students off of each other. 
they're not afraid to admit that they're not top notch at that certain topic. They they know their limitations, and and there's nothing wrong with a with an instructor having a limit. Any instructor that tells you he can teach you everything, that's a red flag. We don't we don't have time to be Jason Bourne. We just don't. We can't do it all. Okay, John Wick. <laughs> I can't do that either. But it's when you're when you're new. What are your top three things that you're and, and, and forget being new. As those of us who have hundreds of hours of training under our belt, what do you look for an instructor when you when you go to you decide you're going to take a class? What are you looking for? Top three. I'm looking for competency. I'm looking for accreditation. And I'm looking for a humble nature that can communicate very, very well. Those three things, I'll, I'll learn from that person. Okay. Um, same thing. I'm, I'm, I'm looking for somebody who's, who's been there, done that. Um, and not to say that history, you know, where they've been, what they've done, I don't think overrides their reputation as an instructor. But the accreditation... Um, is, is the certificate I'm going to walk out of there with, is that going to be worth something? And I'm looking for somebody who communicates well. Well, that certificate that's worth something. I, we talk about that, and I think it's kind of lost on some people why. So let's clarify why. There are a lot of classes that are advanced level classes that require a prerequisite. You have to have gone and done and achieved a certain level of education skill sets before you can start in on another topic that is quite honestly intermediate to advanced. Right. Because if you walk in without those skills and educated the right way, you're going to handicap the entire class. Right. So, I, I mean, that prerequisite's important. And we, we actually have that situation coming up this year. We, we're bringing in Rob Pincus for advanced pistol handling and unorthodox shooting positions, both of which require the prerequisite of intuitive defensive shooting. So now we have students lining up to get through the IDS so that they can take these classes with Rob. And these classes with Rob, they're going to be grueling. They're going to be fun, but they're not entry-level classes. They're not. And that's the point. That accreditation of a prerequisite class makes it so you are not the rookie. But when you step into this advanced class, you're back to being the rookie. Right. But you have the foundational knowledge to be able to make it through the class without, like you said, handicapping because you're walking in with no, no knowledge of how the system works to begin with. Right. So let's go ahead and do a shameless plug for WildTech. You've got IDS courses coming up. I have three on the books right now. Okay, so are they full? No. All right, so which ones are not full? So I none of them are completely full. Rock Springs is getting close. That's on June 17th. Okay. Wright is completely open right now. Completely open. Completely open, and that one is July 28th. All right. Um, we have a June 4th class that I have four slots open. All right, so these are the prerequisite, the IDS class to allow you to be able to take advanced pistol handling and or unorthodox positions with Rob Pincus 
And those dates are? Those are August 26th and 27th. And if you've taken the prerequisite, I don't believe either one of those are full yet. No. So you could actually get lucky enough if you hop on it to take both of Rob's classes that weekend. It's a Saturday and Sunday. And if you take them both, you get a $50 discount. They're 250 per day or 450 for both days. And I've taken some classes with Rob, and it's a special experience. You will learn something. I guarantee it. You will. And and let, let's throw out a name, another shameless plug here for WyoTac. WyoTac has partnered up with Avidity Arms. Um, as the only IDS instructor in the state, um, in bordering on region, because I think the, the nearest IDS instructor, we, I think there's one in Salt Lake and, and Rob is in Denver. Um, but what we did was we took the PD-10, the pistol that was developed by Rob, specifically to go along with the training that, that Rob developed, the IDS course. Um, this is a concealed carry pistol built around a 1911 magazine, so common magazine design. This makes it easy to get more. But we're offering a package for $1,150, $1,150. You get the gun, you get three magazines, you get 500 rounds of ammunition, you get a G-code holster, and you get the class. Wait, 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 wait. I get all the gear and the class for 1150 Yes. And you go home with the toys. The gun's mine to keep. Yes. Take my money. Okay. Hand it over. Um, we should see the first shipment of guns um, tomorrow, I believe. Nice. I get to play with toys tomorrow. That's based on the blizzard coming through. <laughs> I, th- I, I think they're probably sitting at UPS right now waiting to be delivered, so we should see them. But it, it is a good deal. And, and here's, the, here's the other thing. The, the package that we're delivering, you get three magazines instead of two, which is, which is what is at retail. That's a curriculum minimum, though. It is. Okay. Um, and, that's, and that's part of the deal that we made with Avidity. The other thing is all of our guns are going to be optic ready, so they're going to be slide cut. Nice. This is, that's, that's not um, for the base PD-10 if you go buy it in a store. That's going to be an upgrade. So you're getting an extra magazine. You're getting slide cut. You're getting 500 rounds of ammunition, which is pretty substantial, but that'll, that, that does the class. You're getting the class. Uh, you're getting a G-code holster. Um, all of this stuff, if you try and retail it out, it comes out to be about $1,600. So this class up on your website, you can get to it? Yes. Where's that at? That's going to be at www.yotac.com. Just click on courses and look for the IDS. All right. Um, all of these classes you can, and, and if you want, you can just take the class only. There's an option for that. It's $250. You bring your own gear, you bring your own ammo, and you take the class. Uh, if you want this package, now I need to know as soon as possible because I've got to get the guns here so that they're here in time for your class. That makes sense. Um I do have some people that have that have ordered late. I can't guarantee their guns are going to be here in time for class. So if you're listening out there, and this sounds like an opportunity, get on the website, do it now, and get in the schedule because this is one of those things that it's not going to happen again for a while. So get in there. No, and it puts you with WyoTac training. There you go. You get to do your first training with an instructor. And then it'll go to Rob Pincus. 
And so you'll experience two instructors if you take all those classes. And you didn't even have to research because we brought it to you here today. But instructors that are worth it, they want, they want the guy that wants to learn. Um, take responsibility for your own education path. Yeah. So it, you can't just sit on the sidelines and wait to be spoon-fed is what I'm trying to get at. And, and that's where you get the student mills, I guess, let's call them. And, and they're out there where you've got an instructor that's it, he's got a model going on. Be careful of those, too. You may learn something from it, but it's not going to be the quality, personalized education that you're really seeking. Education is one of the best values if you get good quality education. It's one of the most expensive things you do if the education quality is not there. Right, right. And you can waste a lot of time and money on poor instruction. Agreed. So vet your instruction, vet your instructors. Don't be afraid to ask questions. Don't be afraid to be the squeaky wheel because you're going to learn more and you're going to get better educated. You're going to get better quality if you do ask those questions, if you do get up and and participate. So until next week, you guys be safe out there.